0: I work at a call center right and as we worked are here at a call center shh, let me have dreams okay <laughs> i might go back <laughs> i worked at a call center and mm-hmm. i have an accent Clear, i have a Malayan accent it's very it's not very deep but it's there right right and i was talking with someone on the phone right trying to help them with their business and they're like can i talk to another agent you sound funny and i'm like oh i sound funny <laughs> Cool. Uh, cool, cool,
1: cool. <laughs> okay, you, you know what? I'm not funny. gonna lie. When you say that, when I was in Australia, I met up with this other Canadian girl from Toronto, and we were in one of the liquor stores in Darwin, and they asked to see our I- IDs, and so we handed them over, and the guy looked at it and went, oh, you're from Canada, and you said yeah, we are, and he says oh, say out and about, and so we said <laughs> out and about, and apparently to them, it actually sounds like we're saying oot in a boot.
2: <laughs> hmm.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Because I guess we overpronounce our O's, so
3: Interesting.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like That's, talking that that my cousin's accent.
3: Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like with with Canada though, it depends because like I've noticed there's different accents depending on where you are in Canada, right? Yeah. Like there's like the Toronto, like City Yardman accent, which is totally different from everything else. And then yeah. you have like the Halifax accent, right? Then you go with yeah, something is- like yeah it's just like different
1: Newfoundland basically you're stepping in into fucking Ireland
0: Yeah Multi-doodle <laughs> 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 drink like the Irish
1: Where everyone says Don't yes. you know
4: Don't you know <laughs> <laughs> They're our own mini Ireland <laughs>
1: <laughs> Well I mean they are Closer to Ireland than They are closer to Manitoba So
3: True. That's funny yeah. Then you go to Toronto everyone's like don't touch me bro this is when I opened
0: up Google <laughs> Maps. <laughs> <laughs> Michael's like Tenad. I'm sorry,
1: Toronto to me would be like the New Jersey accent of Canadian of Canada. No,
3: Toronto, <laughs> the Toronto accent clearly like rips off like British like street. What yeah. right, British
0: slang? Like
3: it's like British slang, but like uh, more. um I don't know what the word is. Bob and
1: Doug McKenzie.
3: <laughs> no, no, it's just more like I don't know, like if you guys have ever if you've ever heard like Drake talk, right? Like that's yeah.
0: How about Drake was trying to low-key copy a Jamaican accent in one of the songs he did. No, that's just
3: how like a lot of like the like well quote unquote urban Toronto. That's what they all they all sound like, right?
2: Yeah.
3: You know, my my job as a forklifter was kind of wax so you know, bro had to take a new job and link up at the at the Walmart. See,
1: you know? and to me, that sounds like stereotypical Bob and Doug McKenzie. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: like, think of the most generic Canadian accent. And that's what it sounds like to me. That's this it. one has um, more
3: like, uh, the Toronto one has definitely has more slang, though. Like, yeah. there's a lot of stuff mm. they say and you're just like, I don't have, I have no idea what the fuck you just said. Cool. <laughs> okay, you here's know?
1: my other thing, is like, our, um, what's it called, our slang words like a hoodie here in Alberta is a fucking bunny hug. Who the hell calls it a bunny
0: hug? Yeah, <laughs> I quite a not So I think yeah. my favorite one is the time when me, Sam, and Dalito are in a liquor store, right? Mm-hmm. And me and Dalito are from like neighboring countries, so we have very similar slang and referred yeah. to a bottle as a bomb. Oh, so, yeah. I was yeah. like, what the fuck were you guys talking about? And Sam looks so confused. <laughs> he was like, are they about to blow up this like store or something? We're like, oh, no, no, we just like, want a bottle I, of vodka. <laughs>
3: I don't know these people who are screaming bomb in the liquor bar. Yeah, we love screaming bomb.
1: And and when I was in Australia, my friend Jake, I love him dearly. um, I met him in Darwin. Anyways, I remember sitting in the bar in Uluru, or not Uluru, in Yulara, and trying to explain the difference between a Mickey, a Twofer, a uh, Two-Six, and like the leader... And, like, yeah. all of our different, like, slangs that we have for our bottle sizes.
3: Oh, my goodness. And I then I
1: dared him to push a toonie, a uh, center out of a toonie. And he sat there the rest of the night trying to push the center of the <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah,
0: So you just tricked the poor man. No, that was, <laughs> that's great.
3: Oh, my God. Like, yeah, movie. it's kind of cool, though. Because, like, there's already different accents depending on, like, you know, what language you speak or, like, you know, what what geographical location you're from but then even within that there's also different accents within like your country or whatever it's like the (laughs) uk there's different types of british accents as well there's not one type (laughs)
4: there's the queen's english and then there's the rest of what they speak (laughs) (laughs) well
3: because you have different ones like you have the queen's english which is proper you know more harry potter like and then you have i don't know you have like the Shoreman english all right so me and my friends got um we got a bunch of fishes out there, you know, and uh, we and then we're you, done, got you know, right? yeah. <laughs> in <this next> door. <laughs> exactly. See, so- and
2: I'm
1: I'm sitting here going, and then when you go to Ireland, same thing, and then you get whatever the fuck Brad Pitt talk spoke when he was in that Irish movie years ago.
0: Yeah, <laughs> 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 he tried, like he honestly <laughs> tried. So, you know what?
3: I I would give actors these days credit because, mm-hmm. like, they're. Um, I know, especially Benedict Cumberbatch. He surprised me because when he played Doctor Strange, like he totally just like threw away his like British accent. It it's gone. weird yeah. when you hear British? like a
4: British actor speak like clear. Yeah. I don't want to say clear English, but like American English. American yeah, Tom. Yeah. Like, yeah, Tom and Holland it, 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 as well yeah. as Spider Man. It's like the voice changes. It's actually kind of freaky. Yeah.
2: Well, there. Who it, it, was
1: it that I was just like, oh my god, they're British? What? Like it was an actor, and I one of probably my favorite actor. I can't think of who it is.
3: Even uh, John Boyega as Finn in Star Wars, he had a, yeah. an American accent in that too, instead of a British yep. one. I was like, that's uh, just crazy. That's another one that threw me for a loop. Actually. Ooh, yeah. But he Nicholas has a British Holt. one in Pacific Rim, which is just... It
0: just are... Nicholas Holt.
1: He's oh, Nicholas Holt's accent changes so bodies. much. I know, but like, think of him in warm bodies, where he's like just going along as a zombie, and he's like, "I eat anything with a heartbeat too." But at least I'm conflicted about it, and so, and then you hear him like actually with his British accent, like when I found out he was British, I was literally just like, "What the fuck?" Mind
0: blowing. (laughs) (laughs) I think the best had to be like Nicholas Holt in Mad Max Fury Road.
1: Oh fuck, I love him as as, uh, what's his name as Nux.
3: Yeah, that was so great. Mad Max was a good that was a, that was a very good movie that was a great, oh, That's my was favorite surprisingly movie from that to
0: yeah. I was gonna
1: say we should do like a back-to-back compare the original Mad Max to Fury Road
0: Are we gonna do the whole trilogy? Ooh, I don't know how I feel mm. about can't do, can't do the whole thing No that's no no, no but like number one like <laughs> the first
1: Ma- Mad Max and, and then just season. Fury Road
0: Yeah wait what's the name like, of the actor from Mad Max? Like I remember we cancelled him
3: Tom Tom
0: Hardy? No not Tom Hardy from the original one
1: Uh, oh. Mel Gibson
0: Yes Mel Gibson's cancelled
3: why He's racist? <laughs> is he? Yeah. I don't know. Oh, I didn't. I'm. I'm yeah, just, I, you know, I missed that memo. My first time hearing about that too. Yeah, you have to keep track of A
1: couple years ago.
3: Yeah, you have to keep track. Keep track of the racists, man. Yeah, we gotta anyway, keep track it's... of who gets canceled.
1: <laughs> <laughs> On the note of accents, and I know this is supposed to be a joke in this movie, mm-hmm. but Brad Pitt's <laughs> accent—that <laughs> shitty Southern accent—I I, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I liked it though. I liked it. Like when he first started, I, it was weird and then he kept going, I was like, I don't yeah. love his accent.
3: I think they 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 tried to um make his character sound um comedic to what it would like sound like hearing it if you were European. That, like if you're a European exactly hearing he an American accent, that's what you hear, you know? Yeah. 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 So I just like how that was that was done.
4: And to some extent you gotta make the character a little goofy. Because if you really stop to think about it, Like every single one of the people or, yeah, people in this movie, they're
3: just real bastards, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They're they're all (laughs) assholes. They're
2: glorious (laughs) bastards. They're (laughs) glorious (laughs) bastards. (laughs) Hey,
3: Michael made the segue again this time. Look at that! I, I was you. gonna say Evan oh, just man. stepping
1: in on Sam's toes with <laughs> the bad puns. With the
3: puns, yeah, they keep doing it. It's okay, you know what? When when it's a movie that like I'm really into as well. We're like, probably I'm, like
4: ten minutes this in already.
0: Whatever, yeah, in Let's actually much. start the show. <laughs> All right, <laughs> let's start the show. Let's start- <laughs>
3: Welcome to Northern Critic. I'm your co host, Sam Shinobi.
0: Uchi Samwaka.
3: Michael Novakinov.
1: And Pamela Hitchhik.
3: Cool. And today we will be reviewing a bastard movie. <laughs> Feels so nice to actually say that. <laughs> inglorious. Um, okay. An Inglorious Bastards
0: movie. <laughs> it's not just me, but this movie spot spelled with an E, isn't it?
3: It is Bastard's his spell. I believe me. so. I think, I think that it's might be a German weird. thing. Maybe. maybe I don't know.
0: Is it? I don't know. I'm not German. <laughs> or someone
1: didn't proofread. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like they got way too far. They're like shit. We've committed. <laughs>
3: oh my goodness! Yeah, no. Um, yeah. Michael did do a great pun into that. I didn't have. To, I didn't even have to try for that. He just he nailed it. Went with it.
4: Yeah. Just uh, went with it. It's a good movie, to say the least. Um, I think most people who ha- are going to watch it have seen it at this point, but those oh, who yeah. haven't, it, like, this movie is just honestly a guilty pleasure for me. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's, it's just like cathartic violence at every turn, <laughs> and I, I enjoy that. So,
3: <laughs> this movie came out in two thousand and nine. It's been look, that's like
4: eleven, 11
3: years, years ago. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I remember I it out, remember the deal
1: trailers for this.
4: I honestly, I was watching them on YouTube just the other, well, like a few hours ago because I just finished the movie. I want to see like how they're marketing it, and those what? weren't particularly good trailers. If I'm being honest.
0: Oh no! no. Trailers like, from like me? 2008 to like 2012 were terrible.
4: Oh, like that's so bad. Bad and, terrible. Like, there was, it's like, oh, work and kill Hitler. And then, or something along those lines, right? Mm-hmm. And then they show, like, scenes from the end of the movie basically saying, like, yeah, this is what happens if you're actually paying attention to what's going on in the trailer.
3: Right. I so think... Maybe
4: that's just me being biased because I've seen the movie and I know where those scenes fit, but it's really not hard to piece together how the movie plays out by the I trailer. I think
1: right? the biggest thing that I remember from the trailers is Hitler yelling nine nine nine.
3: Oh, yes, that too. Nine, nine, well, nine. it was like... It was Brad Pitt going, oh, yes, yes, yes. And he goes, nine, nine, nine,
4: nine, <laughs> nine, nine, nine. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, Northern Critic is a film review podcast, which looks at audience or host handpick films based on plot, cinematography, casting, and style. Um, all the opinions you're going to hear on this podcast are totally based off of our own opinions or experiences as your guest's. Sorry, as your host, not your guests, uh, and our guests on the show. Um, although we, we don't have, have any of. right now. <laughs> yes, because um, Thanks, I mean, COVID. I guess we could get one, but uh, I feel like no, that's what? so
4: much effort. I, I had to wrangle all of you
3: to get proper microphones. We're
4: not exactly doing it for guests, too. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so for now, um, for those of our listeners listening in, um, our guests are going to dip. Um, you know, we'll give them some time to also just chill and watch movies alongside you instead of being with us on the show. Um, but when everything dies down, then we'll start doing that again, hopefully. Um, so um, our guests are, yeah, they just, they're just they just going to chill at home. Um, yeah. So today we will be reviewing In Glorious Bastards. Um, it is a film by Quentin Tarantino that came out in 2009. Um it stars Brad Pitt, Christoph Waltz, uh Michael Fassbender, Eli Roth, uh, Diane Kruger, uh Daniel Brühl and Melanie Laurent. Uh oh right, Melanie I actually forgot her name was Melanie Laurent. <laughs> I don't know why We I did. talked like, about this last yeah. night. <laughs> I don't, I just I had a brain fart and I totally forgot. Um
0: is this last night when you guys flooded the group chat with like 600 <laughs> messages? <laughs> yes. And I was yeah, like it,
3: it yeah. that
4: were on silent pretty quick for me
3: yeah that were about the red dress in the movie my
1: fucking ranting
3: <laughs> mm-hmm. uh the budget for this movie was actually only 70 million dollars that that was that is not a lot for a movie of this caliber these days i mean it's not like there's many special effects right it was mostly yeah. just sort of like scenes
4: and rooms and a couple people and it was uh, blood effects yeah the sets were not and they are pretty corny blood effects but that's tarantino for you yeah um Pretty much, it was it, it was good. Uh, Christoph Waltz knocked it out of the fucking park, to say the least. Oh, his, he was his character amazing. was absolutely incredible. He was mm-hmm. such
0: a great bad guy. Like I fucking loved yeah. him. He was so good. <laughs> <late.
3: laughs> this movie has a Rotten Tomato score eighty nine percent, which is weird because when I looked it up like about a couple weeks ago, it was actually ninety. So it went down by one percent.
1: Someone it gave it a bad review.
3: <laughs> yeah, one person did. Um, one like,
0: I can't believe they made the the Nazis the bad guys.
3: <laughs> yeah, because apparently uh, the initial reaction to the Cannes film festival were mixed. Um, but then, but then the film um, received a uh, an eight to eleven minute standing ovation from critics after its uh, after like at the end of the screening. So like at the beginning, people were kind of like, "Oh, I don't know, it's going." But at the end of it, it was just like constant clapping for like eight to 11 minutes. How
1: the hell do you clap for that long?
3: They loved the movie. See, this is what I don't like about
0: Hollywood. Hollywood loves to critics feel themselves weird. Critics too
4: much. have issues, okay? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> this
1: is the most exciting thing I've seen. I oh, would say I'm from a podcast criticizing
3: movies. Yeah. <laughs> um, but think about it this way at least it's I would rather clap as a critic than be one of those people on the airplane that claps when the pilot lands the plane.
0: I'm sorry, dude, that, <laughs> that shit is always great. Like, you know, when it's a like normal landing, I get mad, right? When it's like a calm yeah. landing, I'm like, and they're like, woo I'm like, calm down, guys, it's not that deep. But like, <laughs> no, man, you ever been to plane? Like, their it's their job shaking? to
3: land us. We paid for this. <laughs> okay, not gonna
1: lie. About landing planes, when I was in Australia, I had the, I mean, I've flown a lot. The worst flight I had ever had was Alice Springs to Sydney, and I don't get airsick the turbulence was so bad and the uh-huh. landing was so bad i actually almost got sick yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. so
1: when he put that when that plane was on the ground i was like fuck get me off i was like i don't care who i have to clap for i just want to get off this
2: plane
0: just... <laughs> yeah no like, um, same thing for me like i've been in a plane with terrible turbulence i remember landing in ethiopia plane going up and down shaking going side to sides i'm like shit I'm actually going to die this time.
3: (laughs) Oh, okay. Air travel still one of like I think it's still the most safe way to travel. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So, yeah,
0: possibilities of. I probably had a higher risk of
1: dying on the camel in the outback than I did
0: on that plane. Hey, right (laughs) now with no planes flying, guaranteed it's the most safe way to travel.
3: Oh yeah, definitely. Um, sorry, back to Inglourious (laughs) Bastards. Um it is ranked uh 62nd on the bbc critics poll of the greatest films uh, f- uh since two th- since two- the year 2000 so between now and the year 2000 it's the 62nd best film ever
0: when did that list come mm-hmm. out uh
3: i don't know It's just a link here that says it came out oh that 2016 sorry my bad so between oh, okay. 2000 and 2016
0: yeah. it was ranked number 66 mm-hmm. number 60, Execute uh, order 66
3: <laughs> 62 <laughs> okay. I was going to
1: say, what's number one on that?
3: Yeah, what is number I one? I have, I, no, know. I have no idea, let me check
0: We should have done bro Come on
3: Well, I mean, power of the internet, right? Uh, can I see your list, please? Yes Number one is If it's fucking Titanic, I'm going to lose my shit Titanic, was um, Titanic 14, came about ninety-eight. Yeah. It is Oh, it is Mulholland Drive
0: what? Whatever that is.
3: Yeah. What? Mall, Mall Holland Drive, uh, by David Lynch in two thousand and one.
0: Okay. okay. I don't know. Okay.
3: I, <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I was gonna say. I was.
3: Mad eight? Max: Fury Road is number nineteen on.
0: Yes.
1: Paul. Yes.
3: Yeah. Spirited Away is number four. Yes. Actually. <laughs> Spirited Away is great. Um, no Country for Old Men is number ten. Ooh, The Social Network is number 27. Actually, there's a there's a bunch of good yeah. movies on this list.
1: I was going to um, just consult that, solve that, that picture, list for right? if we need to, Ew. like, are stuck for a movie. What?
3: 12 Years a Slave is 44. I don't like, I don't like critics. Critics are annoying.
2: Yet <laughs> <How about laughs> oh, we oh, are all critics. good.
0: Jeez. But, oh,
3: but no, we're not it, like it, the it.
0: other critics. We are the <laughs> young and hip we critics. We are always right. The young, <laughs> young and hip <laughs> Oh my God! And we're always right. We inception as a group, are Inception right. is number fifty-one,
3: so it's not okay. too far away from Inglorious Bastards*. Um, what else is
0: here? Where's know. another Quentin Tarantino movie? I feel
1: like we're uh, oh, going down so a many. rabbit hole here.
0: We are, we are let's going down a rabbit hole. *Pulp Fiction*.
3: Um, <laughs> *Pulp Fiction* is before two thousand.
0: I saw I Pulp, *Pulp
3: Fiction* in there, but I think it was closer to um ninety something, eighty something, eighty something. Um, I think so. I'll, I don't I'll, know I'll why people Pulp, *Pulp Fiction*. Ninety-four. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what I figured. I was like, no, nineteen
0: ninety-four. The year came out. But yes, apparently had *Pulp Fiction*. Oh, out. sorry.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say. I feel like *Pulp Fiction* came out so much longer ago.
3: It Pulp was nineteen ninety-four. Nineteen ninety-four. Yeah. 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 Was, okay. really I, I probably saw. I, I saw something
0: else probably then.
3: I was scrolling really quickly. Okay,
0: um, let's get back to this. Movie. Yeah.
3: Uh, however, in 2010, because Inglourious Bastards is an independent film, um, it was selected as one of the 30 most significant independent films of the, uh, in the last 30 years, which, yeah, that kind of makes sense.
4: I feel like um, Tarantino is big enough at this point that he kind of is his own category. He's no longer independent. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah it's like whenever you say Tarantino. Like,
1: Tarantino films, it's like Corsese films.
3: Yeah. yeah. Tarantino's kind of He's kind of an anomaly though, in the sense that obviously he's an exceptional just writer. He writes and directs, which is like just brilliant. I love directors who also write what they direct because that's what I want to be. But uh, he, I think after Pulp Fiction, uh, Reservoir Dogs, like when he had that long catalog from the 90s to like early 2000s, uh, while setting his kind kind of like... His brand, right? Say that because, because you kind of broke up. Oh, sorry. I meant, like, so, basically, he set his films, right? But from the early 90s to late... Uh, from the late 90s to early 2000s, he used uh, that time with Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction... Um, Kill uh, what Bill. else came out back then? Kill Bill, like, all of them. Um, was... Sorry,
1: was Reservoir Dogs the one about the skaters?
0: No. Reservoir no. Dogs is about the high style went wrong and then they oh, okay. up afterwards. i'm
1: thinking of a different one
3: mm-hmm. yeah so basically like when he did all of that because they all follow the same kind of uh, you know like not comic booky style but more it's a book a, a, a tarantino style yeah like a yeah. book a novel a novelist right i think sin city is what i don't know when sin city came out actually um but like they all uh, kind 20, of followed that
1: 2002 i think
3: 2002 yeah so they all followed that like uh, at the time, that was... I mean, even now, that's still, like, really new. Um, and I think that's actually what inspired, like, Spider-Man to the Spider-Verse at some point, too, because, like, just people experimenting with new styles. Um, but, you know, it was great. And that's how he set up his brand, and then he became Tarantino, you know, the the brand, right? So everything that belongs to Tarantino now just has, like, a lot of symbolism involved because you'd expect that from him. Uh, and... I know in in an interview that I watched uh, him do, he talked about how there's such a connection between him and the uh, the four horsemen. So like his the the main actress he always like puts in his films. Samuel L. Jackson wasn't visually in *Inglourious Bastards*, but he did the narration. over yeah, yeah, exactly. So he always has he always has Samuel L. Jackson or tries to, anyways um brad pitt is a very common one too although i don't think he was mentioned in the four horsemen um but it was i know samuel L. jackson leo nardo dicaprio um uma thurman and uh oh my god who was the fourth person christoph waltz christoph waltz there we go yeah so those are like his four like he can literally call them up at like 2 a.m in the morning and like email them a script he just wrote and (laughs) they would read it and just be like yeah i want to do it
1: could you imagine that? Just be like two in the morning calling fucking Brad Pitt and being like, hey, new Quentin Tarantino movie. You in? And him just being like, yeah. Yep. And then just yeah. click. Well, yeah, That's probably cause... how those conversations fucking go.
3: Yeah, because they've gone to a point where like they know each other. <laughs> actors acted like oh, in- you're breaking you're up, What I was saying was it, like when you think about it, all of those actors- have they, there's so much chemistry. They're kind of like us in this podcast, right? There's so much chemistry between all of them at this point that, you know, if Brad Pitt accepts a role, Leo's probably going, Oh, I wanted that role, but that's okay. I'll just be this other character. And then Samuel L. Jackson's like, Oh, okay. I'll be myself again in this, you know? <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson it is just, always himself. He's always boss. himself. Okay. Yeah, okay. exactly.
1: I'm sorry. When you said Leonardo DiCaprio, it's just like, oh, oh, I wanted that role. But I just got visions of like Leonardo DiCaprio just being like, No, 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 that's
2: okay
3: yeah exactly that's that's probably what happens like right i wanted to be Django. <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, <laughs> that's probably what happens uh, you know and then you know someone like christoph waltz kind of like do i do i am i a german again in this movie you know because so, <laughs> he's always he's either german or like swiss usually in the movies um but yeah no but i love it i love that um that Connection he has with those actors and like, you know, if if I ever reach those heights, uh, those heights, sorry, um, which is a big if um I would love to do that working alongside actors that I can literally call up at 1am and be like hey here's the script I just wrote what do you think you know
1: I say you have all four all three of us already yeah. that
3: you do that with <laughs> yeah where's exactly. like wait, wait. our
1: phones go off at like 11 or at like one in the morning ding ding You want to do this movie this
4: week sure. don't fucking call me at two in the morning
3: <laughs> <laughs> see the thing is I'll with say. you guys because we've reviewed so many movies together I would just send you the script and be like what do you guys think about the script, the, the four um, horsemen
0: oh, of Winnipeg.
3: <laughs> oh my goodness, we, we need
0: some meth some knives, <laughs>
3: some, you know. And then Pam calls me back and she um, anyway, what costume wait. design did you have for this character? Because this dress description seems I don't think
4: we've not- actually talked about the movie yet. <laughs> <laughs> said whether we like this have absolutely no restraint. No, let's talk about
0: whether we like this movie or not.
4: Well, yeah, let's start. Let's start with
0: initial.
3: <laughs> let's start with initial thoughts. Okay, what were your feelings going into this movie? Uh, Michael, go first, I guess, since I we already I... know how you yeah, feel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, I think I originally watched this
4: movie actually when it uh like a year after it came out or something, mm-hmm. and I was like that was like grade nine for me or something along those lines, grade nine, grade ten. Um, but it, it was good. I really I hadn't seen like any Tarantino movies before that, although. Mm. So I think it was quite the shock uh, in terms of, like, the style that it was. And then I saw Pulp Fiction immediately afterwards, so that was jarring as well. Um, Yeah, but what I really liked about this movie was, in particular, the sort of characters and the acting. That's what really stuck out for me, is, like, Christoph Waltz, in particular, just Mm -hmm. absolutely knocked it out of the park. But then even all the other characters are actually super memorable as well, which is... Kind of not something you see in every movie nowadays, right? right. Like the, the fact that I can I can tell you I can't tell you my name, but I can like distinctly remember uh, the personalities of like pretty much all of the main bastards. Um mm-hmm. All of like like the German spy Christoph Waltz, obviously the mm-hmm. uh British spy. Uh, like they yeah. they all just so distinct and were well executed. Mm-hmm. I really even like even like uh,
3: a Shosana uh, as well.
4: Yeah, act, honestly, her part was, I think it was like act three, because there's like five acts in this movie, right?
3: Yeah, act I mean, she shows up in the first
4: one and then just disappears. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like act three, where she's just sort of doing her thing, and he's, she's being approached about that whole theater sequence. That was honestly right. the one criticism I have with this movie, because it felt okay. like it was moving at such a fast pace. Or yeah, it was it's like, the, 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 it wasn't necessarily fast paced, but the intensity was just dialed up to 11, right? because mm-hmm. so The first part you have that killer introduction, and then you got a really sort of entertaining like second act. And then the right. third act is really just sort of this sequence where she's being told that she's <laughs> going to host a movie for Nazi, right? <laughs> yeah. And don't get me wrong, there was like a certain tense uh, vibe that it had but it wasn't nearly as engaging as the other parts of the movie. That's for certain.
3: Yeah, Yeah. I kind of agree with that. Um, I know there was the whole, I know people like generally it's a staple for Tarantino films now with him like showing the women's feet in his movies. And in this one, I was kind of like, yeah, that's a thing. Like, look it up. In all of Quentin Tarantino's movies, he always shows feet. Um,
1: What does he have a foot fetish?
3: Are you you going to shame him for having a foot fetish? He embraced no no, like he embraces it. He's had interviews where he says, Yeah, like he loves doing it. Um, but in this movie, like cause when, when he did say it in that interview, I was like, Did he do it in this movie? When I was watching like rewatching it. And then the scene where um Christoph Waltz's character takes off the uh the spies like shoes to put on the other ones and like you really focuses on the feet too at when she's being strangled and i was like oh there's feet again so like it's a recurring thing in a lot of his movies which i hmm. thought was just pretty funny um pulp fiction as well where like uma thurman puts her feet on the dashboard <laughs> um massage ki- yeah kill bill as well where she's like you know wiggle your big toe um so this is always there's always a foot thing happening uh um okay. I guess Margot Robbie's jumped into that too, because once upon a time in Hollywood, her feet it was, uh, her feet get some camera attention too at some point. So <laughs> I just thought it was hilarious. Anyways, um, I guess Uchi go next. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
0: I fucking love Korean territorial movies. Like, I love them. I think the first Korean Territory movie I watched was Reservoir Dogs, then Pulp Fiction. Seeing Hateful Eight. I loved Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So, like, this, mm-hmm. like, Girls Best is, is such a quint, quintessential Quentin Tarantino movie that, like, yeah. watching it, I was just like, fuck yes, I love this. Like, that mm-hmm. basement boss scene? Oh, oh, fuck. Fuck. <laughs> that was so great. That was
4: tense. Very that tense. That was
0: so great. Like, I was <laughs> watching this movie like, holy shit, I love this so yeah. much. Pretty much. I'm gonna every come every down these sequence... stairs.
4: Yeah, every single sequence would christophe waltz was just tense
3: as hell like and the, the beginning scene, the right? beginning yeah. was straight up tense already oh, the like beginning. the beginning you're you're oh. tossed right into it just like, to start in the
0: beginning when he was like and i assume they don't speak english yes yeah. i was like oh fuck
3: and then he's speaking french and like you know being like well, thank you my way just start shooting at the floorboards i was like fuck and then you broke <laughs> up
0: for a bit i don't know if you got way too loud sam or something but no you he's getting too quiet is what's happening or he's moving oh.
4: too far away from his microphone yeah, i'm trying to stay i'm trying to stay yeah, it... See, it only this... transmits um, if it detects a certain amount of power
3: right yeah, oh i see what you bad. mean okay i'll try not to move as much this is like um, a problem when
0: you're recording from home folks like it's very hard but yes no yeah. i love this movie so much like it's a great movie
3: yeah oh yeah i uh, know what i said was it was just it was crazy how um it all went from the milk thing with like him just like he drank so much milk um <laughs> and then from that to just uh I, there was some piece of the dialogue there where um he asks the farmer like he, he he says something about like oh so you've never met um these you never met the like the jewish family but describe to me what you know about them. And then he starts asking him all these questions that are very specific. And then the farmer answered them very specifically for someone who claims to not know who the family is. And that's yeah. when I was like, Oh, you messed up. Like you should have just pretended not to know anything, you know? And then, yeah. So that, I thought that was just so much tension. So much. Tension. Yeah. Not to mention yeah. that
4: sequence where like he drinks milk right at the start, right. he asks for a bottle of milk or whatever. And right. then he drinks, as he's being interrogating the farmer and then mm. when he comes across uh i can't remember susana? the woman's name susana i think yeah, yeah okay um when he comes across her later in the movie and obviously doesn't recognize her but then offers her some milk i yeah. was like wait does he know yeah <laughs> he I, knows. I honestly,
0: oh. <laughs> he it was
3: so it was i don't know it was so it was very gripping um yeah also with the like I notice with his character specifically, whenever he's interrogating people, there's oh, there was both times there was always that moment where the people he was interrogating were just kind of like, there, "There's no point lying anymore." This dude knows, you know, because it happened with the with the English spy as well, where he puts the other uh, shoe, yeah, when and corner, it fits, yeah, and he's like, you know, what's the American saying? If the shoe fits, and then she just straight up goes, "So what now?" And I'm like, you could just say. You know many I could be the same size as like many women or something, you know, like but I guess she just did
0: she just it, knew so. it was over she just yeah. knew
3: it was over, yeah, which I mean she it. had a fucking
4: cast on she did right? have a
3: cast, yeah, so yeah, I was
4: <laughs> her story was already really dubious to begin with,
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, which like he did say that in the hostage scene where he's kind of like uh misses i forget what her name was, uh, what am I forgetting? I know they just call her Fraulein all the time, which isn't. Bridget. Just, that's just. Von oh, von Hamishmack.
1: Thank you. you. Yeah, von
3: Hamishmack, Yeah, so uh, he did say something about her, like anyone who, like, dabbles with her because she's like a double agent, right? So like people are just naturally supposed to get hurt if they get too close to her or like plan stuff with her because you're kind of mixing up your battlefields at that point. Which made made a lot of sense for double agents, right? That's why double agents are actually supposed to work alone and not with other people, because then it just those other people get in trouble very easily. Um, but yeah, I guess Pam. Um,
1: this is my first all the watched all the way through Tarantino movie. I do want to see um, what's it called that Hollywood one, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, because mm-hmm. I'm a murderino and obsessed with the Man- Manson murders, mm-hmm. but. Um, this one, I think I just went into it expecting something completely different from what it was. Um, like, I I thought it was an interesting take that, like, pretty much 70% of the movie was in German and French, and then, like, 30% was in English. Right. Um, I enjoyed it. I should have been more awake watching it. (laughs) um would i watch it again probably not um Mm. i like i did enjoy the movie i found like the pacing off a little bit um where it was like so intense so intense and then it was just like okay she's standing on the street talking to this guy for like 10 fucking minutes
2: Mm.
4: in in front of a really awkward sequence (laughs) yeah and it's like
1: oh and now they're gonna sit in a at a table and talk for 20 minutes
3: yeah, and then there'll be this really intense to, thing. Go to yeah
1: Yeah, like it's just that pacing kind of bothered me a little bit um and I'm not gonna lie you and Michael and Uchi you guys kind of ruined that basement scene too for me I'm
0: Sorry. because
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was like oh something's coming now because it was just like that scene in the basement was so intense and I'm literally was watching I was like I am literally right there
2: Oh, <laughs> I'm so um,
1: sorry <laughs> um but i like i enjoyed it the acting was good i get like i knew it was supposed to kind of be like comedy and i tried to take it i just i think i just was not in the mood to watch the movie yeah. yesterday it's when a, i did watch
3: re- it it's a revenge fantasy movie right yeah. i can say like a lot yeah, of because really it it's just you know it it's kind of yeah. same with django when a lot of black people saw django fuck yeah so yeah, it, mm-hmm. yeah, revenge fantasies are. Tarantino's it's very thing. Tarantino style. Yeah, whereas... Tarantino movie.
0: Tarantino yeah. has that thing at the end of the movies. So he's like, "Yeah, fuck it, let's just go crazy." Yeah, like everyone's gonna yeah. die. But <laughs> like, I'm not gonna say what's anything about any other Tarantino, Tarantino movies yet because I know we're doing Django next week. Pam hasn't seen mm-hmm. Once Upon a Time yet. I don't know mm-hmm. if you've seen any of his other Tarantino movies as well, like, like *Pulp Fiction* or *Kill Bill*. Kill but yeah. it's very Quentin for him to just be like, "Yeah, fuck it, everyone dies." Is yeah. See, mm-hmm. and yeah. I think
1: like I kind of I knew that, and I think it was just like because this was my first Quentin Tarantino movie, I didn't know what to expect. And I mean, like Sam and I had a huge conversation on the our group chat last night about the costumes.
0: Six hundred messages. I enjoyed I'm saying
1: 95 percent of the costumes. I would have thought they were very historically accurate, um, except that red dress bothered me. But right. I'll talk about that later. Um, just because it's it's not a classical like it is t- period accurate, but it was not a common mm-hmm. form, like shape for that time period. And just because like Shoshana, Shoshana, Shoshana?
0: Shoshana
1: thank yeah. you. Um, her character like because she was a jew that was hidden in the beginning of the movie and then she's like this like the black widow concept i would have wanted to and i know she's supposed to be kind of undercover and inconspicuous and i would have just liked to see her in a little more glamorous classic 40s silhouette like i liked the red with the black and like we had there was an article that was shared um, and maybe we should throw it up for our listeners um, onto our website, but about like how there was originally a black dress designed. Mm-hmm. I would have liked to see the original concept art for that black dress right. done in the red. Cause I just found with this dress, the way the shoulders were and the overall length, something about it just was not doing it for me mm-hmm. um, for that character. Cause she is such a strong female character. Um, but yeah, other than that, I enjoyed the movie. Will I watch it again? Probably not.
4: Um, It's one of those movies that changes upon rewatching it as well. Like the first, the first time you watch it, it's like, Oh, this bar sequence, it's, this is really engaging. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The second time you watch it, it's, Oh, it's about to fucking go wrong. And like this sense of dread that sort of underlines everything. And that's Mm -hmm. just persistent throughout the whole movie. On like a second watch see mm-hmm. and
1: i think it's just like with me like i really like period war movies like saving private ryan and fury are like in my top 10 movies and yeah and yeah,
3: like the, those are really great movies definitely yeah and so That's, like with this, those movies like, were in 1970
1: yeah <laughs> and like i really enjoyed those movies and i think i was like i went into this movie with the wrong headspace like I went into, like, the movie Monuments Men that came out around the same time frame as this movie. I went into it expecting a war movie, and that's Mm -hmm. not what it was. So I think my expectations and what it was were just really skewed.
3: Well, because with – it's kind of like with Jojo Rabbit, too. Like, it's set in a – well, I guess we'll talk about that when we do it. But these movies are all set in a war time period, Mm -hmm. but they're not necessarily – following the actual war they're more or less following what's going on in the in the background yeah. right see
1: i with jojo rabbit though i'm fully expecting a comedy act i mean freaking hitler it's... is his imaginary friend
0: yeah and it's yeah. directed by <laughs> Waki Takiki. uh
3: t- yeah um taika waititi i said
0: it the wrong way
3: yeah you did say it the wrong way yeah, whatever <laughs> But I I love him as a director like all like honestly I'm loving Hollywood like the Hollywood roster of directors right now currently it's so well I wouldn't say it's so diverse yet but like it's diverse it's the most diverse it's ever been
0: it's getting better right? it's not getting way better it's diverse yeah. yet we say it's getting better it's getting a better of, a lot of the, still the big directors where people lose their fucking minds over like Quentin Tarantino, um, Martin Scorsese. Mm-hmm. Who's the guy who did Inception?
3: Oh, oh, um, oh my God, oh my God! Zimmer, no, that's the, uh, the that's the uh, Christopher, um, Nolan. Christopher Nolan,
4: Christopher there Nolan, their music.
3: Yeah,
0: yeah. Didn't uh, Nolan do Zach the Batman Snyder? films too? Is he still? Yeah, Zack Snyder. Snyder. Nolan big... did the Batman, the Dark Trilogy film. the, Batman, the Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises, and Batman mm-hmm. Begins. That was Christopher Nolan. Mm-hmm. That's Right. Enough. But like I mean, um, now we're brothers, having like still a lot of them are like oh yeah that's true white you know like it's yeah. getting better like we've got more female directors coming in. we've got more directors mm-hmm. of color coming in right so it is getting yeah better. Mm-hmm. see because now I we don't... have
3: the director for Wonder Woman I forget her name but she is a really she's brilliant um, see I think she did Little Women as well Was Annie it?
4: Watkins I think it is
3: yeah she is great um I guess family am saying but I don't
4: watch many movies either so
1: (laughs) i would like honestly like with movies i find i don't like movies from these big name act and big name actors big name directors and stuff like that to me it's just like like it's like remember how we were rating the last our last podcast we rated about michael bay's
2: yeah like i just
1: find with like (laughs) so many like big name like director movies i just find so many problems with them i just like rip them apart It's because it's like they make these flaws that they shouldn't be making whereas like i would just much rather have some no-name fucking director who's starting out and that produces this like mind-blowing film and i find that the movies that are produced by actor oh my god i keep saying actors by directors who are not as big are producing better movies than these big name directors
0: oh yeah for, definitely for I, me it's I, like that like three levels of directors like you got people who are starting out then you got like that middle tier of like big name directors so that's like your Zack snyder your michael bay and then you got mm-hmm. like the upper echelon of directors who can just make whatever movie they want right yeah like so yeah like you know, christopher nolan much. Quentin. Yeah. like they make movies because that's their name it's like hey Christopher Nolan did the Batman trilogy, <laughs> then Inception, then a movie about sci-fi and space, and then a war movie.
4: Mm-hmm. And like Christopher yeah, Nolan can do whatever he like, wants, I
0: can do whatever I want, and people could watch it. Same with Quentin Tantino. he made an mm-hmm. alternate history movie about Nazis dying. Like, the ending is very cartoonish, but everyone went to watch it because it's about yeah. Quentin Tantino. Yeah. See, mm-hmm. and I
1: think that's like what we were talking about like with of Skywalker is they feed off the fact that they're a big name and that they can get away with fucking anything and still make bank no matter how shitty it is. Whereas mm-hmm. like these middle class to lower class directors know they can't fucking do it. Well, but
0: I think the where... distinction
4: here is yeah. like Tarantino and Nolan are Above. pretty much guaranteed to succeed. Yeah, yeah. Right. it's I like mean, they're so guaranteed you're just, you're to produce something incredibly good. Um mm-hmm. I could see taking issue with Tarantino's style because it is sort of like
3: jarring the way he it presents. Is his it's also it, it um, was also in like um like the news and like social media back in the day when people like a lot of you know, middle aged moms were like saying, It's too much violence. Um, <laughs>
0: but, <laughs> <laughs> no, like I think yeah. the best example of a director you can throw in that middle line who's like, oh, he's a, he's got a big name, and he does bring success, but you can still afford a lot of his movies. is Zack Snyder. I yeah.
4: was literally That's... about to say that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> what movies did he do? Sorry.
4: Fucking Superman.
0: Oh, super, like, oh, Superman. Super- Batman Justice, <laughs> League. Superman, Justice League. Justice um, League. Yeah. I'm sorry, he's just not that good Sa- of a director. Okay,
1: okay, here's me. I'm going to shit all over Superman and Batman, and I'm going to shit all over Superman.
3: 300. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh 300. yeah, he did three hundred. Yeah, three
0: hundred works because it was kind of silly fun, but yeah, he kind but of I think Zach Zack snyder's style
3: is more, um, like he's more action slash
2: mm-hmm.
3: like I guess comic booky heavy. He's
4: got a very focused skill set that does not translate into producing like a full movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I was gonna say. He would be good as like co director Yeah. But not necessarily as like like doing it by himself. 300 was based off a comic book, I think, right? Like, all of his movies have been based off. So it's like there's shot for shot sort of recreations from the comic book. And that's where like Mm -hmm. a lot of that sort of stylized look comes from. Right. Three hundred worked because it was like sort of a simple story, and you already knew where it was going, and yada 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 yada. Right. Mm -hmm. But then when that is put into Superman and Pam,
3: feel free to shit on this, please. (laughs) um, (laughs) It just doesn't work at all. Yeah, Yeah, Um, I'm still I'm still of the mindset that no one, no director in Hollywood, like and oh sorry, I was no director in Hollywood. No director in Hollywood has made an outstanding specifically superman movie there there hasn't been any superman movie that's been actually like mind-blowingly like this is a good movie like i
1: like because i my biggest thing is like i like a little bit of diversion from the comic books but i don't like when they go too far diversion from the comics like they did with the marvel Mm -hmm. series where they just went fucking off kilter um but like with superman it was literally like they took they used the comic panels as their storyboard and that was yeah. it and they just made the movies so excessively long like batman and like my biggest issue here with batman versus superman is because like i was forced to watch the theater cut and then the fucking Ooh. extended cut which was almost oh. 4 fucking hours long <laughs> um if you <laughs> did if you were not like a super heavy dc comic fan and went and saw batman versus superman I felt very lost and confused throughout a good portion of the movie. And I could found it very hard to keep my attention for that three hours. Mm -hmm. And even like, even that extra four hour extended edition didn't help me any. Like I literally sat there and my ex had to explain the whole movie to me after which just really put me cool. through more fucking agony. of listen going to watch the movie for three hours then yeah. having to listen to my ex talk about it for the hour and a half that I
3: <laughs> um, I think when it comes to like back to your uh, thing with directors specifically, um, why a lot of like big name actors, I guess Tarantino and like Nolan or beyond that, this at that point, because mm. now those are just, they, they're seasoned veterans. They know how yeah. to make good movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but the rest that also tend to mess up um those are someone like michael bay first when michael bay first started he was good he was mm-hmm. pretty good um but it, it just felt like his style overstayed its welcome yeah um, now it's michael just
1: explosion,
0: explosion 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 same yeah. thing over. Um, michael Bay yeah, but then my thing with michael he's also not safe. trying yeah that's the thing michael bay and zack snyder are cut from like the same throat cloth right but at least yeah. michael b kind of knows this is his thing and he knows he's gonna get panned by critics and it's kind of like oh, yeah. this respect yeah. I have about that. If I anyone know, knows these movies are shitty.
4: literally gone on record saying, I make movies for teenage boys. That yeah. is yeah, my market. Exactly. And yeah. he's very upfront about that. And mm-hmm. I kind of respect that. Zack yeah. Snyder was trying to be ambitious. Um, and instead he was retarded. So,
3: <laughs> <you know. laughs> Oh my goodness. I've actually refrained because like a lot of Zack Snyder. But after hearing about stuff with his family, I just like from shitting on him at this point because i feel
0: bad i um, mean I, we can still criticize his movies like oh yeah no yeah. definitely I, I don't attack yeah. him as a
4: person he's just an awful fucking scriptwriter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like let's actually um, get back to talking
0: about this movie
3: yeah um but no sorry just because uh, i guess which you cut me off when i was t- going on that tangent just real quick um but going back to those directors why they're giving uh why they're given kind of like um a uh i guess uh, uh, space to mess up is because in the past they have proven themselves, right? So it's kind of like it's kind of like a respect type tangent where like, well, this guy's made a good movie before so maybe this movie is just, it's just, you know, he just wasn't in the right headspace for it or something. You know, he's allowed to mess up in this. Um, whereas with like a new and upcoming director, there's absolutely no room to mess up because you're trying to prove yourself, right? Which is why I guess the new directors tend to outshine the ones who are already there, because those guys have to try their hardest. Because, to make yeah, it. Yeah, their scripts yeah.
4: go through, like, 50 different revisions as they try exactly.
3: and work. Exactly. Whereas the seasoned ones just literally just... Crank the- it out, next project. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, but yeah, no. Okay. <laughs> Is
1: your cat visiting the podcast again?
4: Yeah, the cat <laughs> has wandered
3: into the room. Oh my god, that's cute. <laughs> um, yeah. but yeah, coming back to, like, Inglorious Bastards, though, it's... Um, for me, I loved the characters mostly because of the actual talking involved. Because um, again, in all the Tarantino's movies, say this as well. He said this a bunch in interviews as well. He loves to make his characters talk. His characters mm-hmm. talk a lot, um, and you can see it in each one of his movies, including this one. His dialogue and, is fucking sharp. His dialogue. Yeah, see, his I dialogue think maybe is that's
1: amazing. what like i had a little bit of an issue with is because like i don't mind dialogue heavy movies but i also want to see acting in those. like if i want to fucking watch someone sit around and talk for an hour and a half about their grand scheme to murder hitler i will go sit at the coffee shop down the road (laughs) (laughs) well the
3: thing (laughs) that the thing with his characters talking is like it's always it's it's always like related to mm-hmm. what's going on like if i don't know I, if I, don't, I go i don't know if you feel, guys have seen Pulp Fiction, for instance but you know like uh in the one of the first few I feel scenes like Michael, the better I example
0: is to use something in this movie instead of us keep going on randomizing about other movies okay okay i feel like okay well okay let's
3: go best... with the the can i, I say, guess can the... i say one of my
0: favorite ones my favorite ones is okay. that basement scene when they're playing the card game right mm-hmm and, like, just the way they're talking with each other and, like, he's trying to decipher if he's King Kong or not, right? Mm-hmm. Right. I don't know why I found that so engaging. Even though it had nothing to do with the idea of going that's after exa- Hitler. I'm just, like, it has nothing to do with the plot to kill Hitler. But I just find this entertaining. I love this.
1: That's what I like. Like, I like that kind of conversation talking in the movie because it was conversation and acting. It wasn't just sitting around the table, blah, 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 Schering. blah, blah. Yeah. Now I have a
3: gun at your balls. Tarantino <laughs> never really does that though. Like he does his... this
0: movie, no, he does it in a lot of his movies where it's like, yeah, lot, random intelligence is... and like it has nothing to do with what's going on in the movie, but it's so entertaining to watch.
4: Like, well, yeah. Pulp fiction, like it's the movie starts off with like five minutes of them just shooting this shit talking about something random. Yeah, and, like uh, McDon- McDonald's
3: yeah. burgers, I think, or something like Our that. Or a
4: Royale with cheese, in fact, yeah. right? Yeah. That, that's really but iconic. Then I, and a think... lot of his movies have those sort of random tangents that right. really help sort of flush out the characters, and that is yeah, sort that's, of a that's exactly what I was gonna that say. That he does a lot. Um, mm-hmm. and that is present in this movie. Um but it does sort of take a little bit of a backseat compared to sort of like, I I think it was like sequences with Brad Pitt specifically were very sort of like plot focused. Whereas sequences with Christoph Waltz and, uh, no, really just Waltz were sort of like sharp ones uh, and the one and the basement sequence. Right. Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. I I don't remember the, yeah, that,
4: that, that French couple. Well, I, I'm not even gonna try the name at this point. Um, like I said, I didn't find her character particularly engaging, mm-hmm. so that was a weak point for me. But one of the best sequences was when uh, Waltz just kind of shows up behind her in the third act, I think. Um, oh yeah, and then like the drum just starts beating. That was a really good sequence, in my opinion.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the sound editing in this movie was mm-hmm. fantastic. It was awesome. jarring, but it was mm-hmm. in a good way, right? <laughs> I yeah. found
1: the scenes with... Su- I'm going to just call her... Susan. I'm just going to call her Susanna. <laughs>
4: no,
3: Shosanna. <laughs>
0: Shosanna. We really had a podcast yeah. talking about how we hate when people change our names.
3: Yeah, it's Shosanna. Shosanna, yes. <laughs> I know, yeah. I,
1: I'm going to mess up and end up calling her Susanna, though, guaranteed. <laughs> but, okay, so Shosanna. Um, like, she was not the most engaging character, but... Like, her scenes were so into, except for the theater scene and the stupid table scene, um, mm-hmm. were so intense. I felt like she didn't need to be super engaging to portray what no. the point of her character
4: was. She really didn't, because mm-hmm. she was always on the chopping block. Yeah. Yeah,
3: mm-hmm. she was. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, my God. Oh, yes. I was going to talk about, so before I watched this movie, I saw uh, X-Men Dark Phoenix, which also has um, Fastbender in it. But Okay, who did
1: Fassbender play in this movie?
3: He was a British spy. Oh,
1: okay, yeah. that's who I thought it was. Mm-hmm.
3: I was like, yeah, you wouldn't mind if I, you know, sp- uh, spoke the Kings for me to go out. And I was like, that's actually pretty cool because he just switched so quickly. Um, but, you know, watching him in this movie, in Inglorious Bastards, and then thinking to Dark Phoenix, and I was like... My God, man! Why are you doing this? Like you're a, he's, you're a good actor. <laughs> like in his defense,
0: be... X Men First Class was a good movie. It was. I think he yeah. got
3: roped
4: in on good movies, and then yeah. fucking Fox went into the like the toilet, and he's kind of committed at this point because it's kind of like how what? what's the name? Because um... it's
3: also he also did the Assassin's Creed movie, which was also horrible. And I'm like, what is going on? Like I in my op- in my opinion he should be on the same level as Pitt or like Leo at this point as an actor because he's I mean, as good He is. As
0: they are. Is. I, think, yeah. I think the thing is like with a lot of actors sometimes they get into like, I, we don't know how his contract is set up, right?
3: But, yeah, I guess so. That's um, true. Yeah.
0: Christopher Nolan talked about his contract when he was doing the Batman movies. His contract mm-hmm. was literally, he does a Batman movie, then he does whatever movie he wants to, then another Batman movie, then whatever movie he wants to. And then right. like after Inception and the Dark Knight really blew up right that's what set him off as being the this untouchable director you can see in the dark knight mm-hmm. rises it's just not the same quality because it's kind of like right. i've made honestly it i've done my contract, you know what? I'm out. i
4: i don't think that's true i think the dark knight rises and batman begins are of the same caliber and the dark knight was just fluke
3: <laughs>
4: no, um, sorry, like, like the
0: dark but, knight like, is the best batman it, it movie is ever.
4: obviously the best but i think it's unfair to say that his caliber slipped i don't think it it's just, I think it just it's just that he, the same. He yeah it, I, think I feel, he feel like and he had act he had the joker in the dark knight which mm-hmm. honestly elevated that movie beyond anything else yeah. um so i it's kind of like lightning in a bottle, right? Right. It's, it's hard to judge him off of his best performance, but you really got to look at the sum of the
3: whole. Right. Um, It also had, Oh my God. What's his as well. He was the little man. He played the little man, Um, (laughs) which I thought was pretty cool because I'm like, Oh wow. Like um, a lot of the actors from the office actually um, ended up like going into bigger bigger stuff which i i just i find that um applaudable that's okay, great what's the
0: name of ryan from the office what's his actual name
3: yeah that's what i'm trying to remember i i can look it up whatever it was. Um, i remember
0: watching this movie and like he pops up in the first scene in the bastard scene when they're introducing him I'm like ryan that's yeah that's that,
3: that's exactly what i said too because i believe scalps he... off
0: people yeah <laughs> i want um, a hundred Nazi scalps oh. Okay.
1: Me being nitpicky about this movie On the note you talked about the scalping Yeah, yeah. I, I Something I, I don't want to say it bothered me In like the gross way no it didn't bother me in that way But just something like they were taking Like the whole chunk of the skull It seemed with them like it didn't yeah. seem like They were scalping like truly Like scalping because like How you're supposed to scalp is you like Cut the layer between the hair And the skin and then you just tug The scalp off
3: well again they don't they're being very crude with it because they don't like nazis yeah, right? yeah like they're I, I, jewish I think, I think so they Loki, don't care i don't think <laughs> they
0: even knew, knew how to do scalping right yeah because like scalping <laughs> is, seems such or like or
4: tarantino knew and just didn't give a shit yeah, yeah that could yeah. be it too <laughs> exactly. um, and now
1: this is gonna bring up so many questions of how why i know how it's done
4: <laughs>
0: yeah because um, i was like pam <laughs> do you want to explain something
1: the other thing I want to What? Wow. The other thing I want to talk about is um, the scene where Diana Krie- Krieger, mm-hmm. um, is, I can't really think of how it. how they bring up like the British spy gave away, he gave himself away when he did the British three versus the, the oh, my said Nazi three, German three.
2: Yeah. hmm because
1: that's actually like i i didn't realize it until it was pointed out in the movie but this that's actually true because i just had a friend who when she's german and Mm -hmm. like i'll say three to her and i'll hold up my three center fingers but she'll hold up her thumb and her two fingers
0: right which i thought
1: was really cool like it was a little detail that was good
0: it's Mm -hmm. a little details that just added up to perfectly ruin his (laughs) cover because yeah. Like, yeah first yeah. Was the accent like your accents weird um he grew up in a small town okay okay sure sure then like I don't remember what else he did <laughs> maybe like trying to be super aggressive like hey you need to leave this table it's like, it was because he I was no he do. was
4: an important dude um but the I guess the sort of officer that was in the bar knew all the
3: important people yeah right? he yeah. said that mm-hmm. yeah
0: and then finally that you and I was like oh yeah perfect hmm
3: yeah, no. This this was and like even the ending to this movie was just brilliant as okay. well.
0: I I love the fact that Quentin Tarantino just goes for cathartic violence at the end. Like I love mm-hmm. when he does that in oh, 100%. Movies.
3: Yeah. Um because with with the ending, uh, actually I want to talk about the character of the the war hero dude. He, he was I found him interesting. I found him interesting as a character because he he kind of seemed like, uh, he, he was indeed a villain. Like he definitely, but, Which one? Uh, the,
0: the,
3: the war hero, the stalker, the the one yeah. who could not
0: take no. Oh yeah. 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 Yeah.
3: Cause he was like, an, he's, he was a, well, quote unquote Nazi war hero. Cause he was able to escape a town that the Americans occupied. No, he killed um, like
0: was it 500, 600, something stupid like that. Men yeah. People. He
3: killed a huge number of Americans. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then he uh so he he kind of uh expressed I feel like this was his arc with Shosana because he kind of expressed that expressed that whole um toxic masculinity Naziness, right? Mm-hmm. Where he's yeah. kinda like, well, she's she's denied him, but then he sends like, you know, Nazi police to go abduct her anyways and bring her to this dinner party or whatever. Um and he he feels like she should be his reward for being a war hero you know if that makes sense yeah um and she yeah, is a and, yeah and she is a jewish woman which i thought was very but indicative of like his sorry, character didn't his character didn't know that
0: yeah he did, so he did.
3: They didn't know she was Jewish. I feel like they knew. No,
0: didn't, was... He no, didn't. No. No, Otherwise, no they would have fucking rounded her up. Yeah. That was the whole point. They, were, so,
3: they had, had lists true. of
4: Jewish people, and they were fucking abducting them. Like, yeah. the, the reason yeah, she survived is because he didn't know. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that's, that's why true. every single scene where she's talking, like, in front of a Nazi is
0: just tense. It's tense because you never know when she's going to be caught.
3: Yeah. I see what you mean. Okay. I didn't yeah, pick up on that. I just like, thought she... I thought they just knew, but they just no. like. Because...
0: Why would they have a fucking Nazi celebration party at? I'm not at a Jewish person's cinema. Like they'll probably be like, no, it's a dirty Jew. We cannot do that there. Then they'll burn down her cinema. See, and oh,
2: that's
0: well, okay, well, is, I'm, like,
3: yeah, sorry. I was just gonna say, I'm not gonna say I thought she was Jewish. I just. No, assume she, she was just like this French lady. No, she is like,
0: just she's the f- same girl from the beginning of the movie. Where her family no, 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 her. no, 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 no,
3: I, no. I mean, I like okay, I know she was the same, I know Shosana's character. I'm saying I thought the Germans thought she like they didn't know necessarily that she was Jewish, but they probably just thought she was just a French citizen, yeah, mm-hmm. who was just who just happened to be there when they occupied France, right? Yeah,
0: that's what they assume. Uh,
3: yeah, exactly, which, again, feeds into that whole he feels he's a war hero or whatever, so he feels obligated that she should be his reward, which is like, you know, the, the demographic that you've um, oppressed. You should have that freedom because you've oppressed them to pick out from that lot, and they have no right to deny you because you're, you know, well, are his...
0: That just sounds like typical
1: historically also though is there was a lot of like rape of jewish women by mm-hmm. nazi sol- soldiers because of that um but like i think the one thing that has- shosana has working for her is the fact that she doesn't have like the dark hair yeah um like the strong would have like been stereotypical what like what to nazis would have been stereotypical jewish features
2: where mm-hmm. she has
1: like the blonde hair and the blue eyes so like yeah. him being a nazi he's probably looking at her going oh she's a perfect aryan specimen
3: yeah
1: right right like yeah yeah, yeah.
3: Man, times back then were just horrible. I don't know. Um, I didn't read too much into it. I just saw him as an entitled brat who had too much power. Yeah,
1: that's exactly right. Well, yeah, it.
3: well, that's that's yeah. where, like, I just meant Tarantino's writing, right? Because he's he's showing that – you see that, again, in the movie that we'll talk about next week, but then I'll wait till next week and then what we're talking about up right now when we talk about that. But there's scenes in that, too, where you have the oppressor, uh, the oppressive race or, you know, ideals or whatever – Um, feeling the freedom or the liberty to pick at this most especially the women of the um, the minority race the of the minority race exactly Mm -hmm. and they feel entitled to that and that's a recurring theme in all of tarantino's movies too which is indicative again of real life because this happens all the time in real life oh yeah Mm so yeah so i just thought that was a cool like addition to that too
1: one thing i want to bring up that we talked about before the podcast and I said, should have been talked about now um, how they call Brad Pitt's par- character Apache.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: Yeah. Um, do we want to rehash that conversation? For we it.
0: should. <laughs> we have like a few moments. like almost an hour, um, Because like this. to me, yeah.
1: Apache like would have been like the Native American tribe in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And but Michael, you were saying what it meant in French.
4: Yes, I'm looking Mm -hmm. up on Wikipedia right now uh, to sort of see if the two things are related to each other. Uh, uh, The fame fame of the tribe's tenacity and fighting skills, probably bolstered by blah 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 blah, uh, was widely known among the Europeans. In early 20th century, uh, the word Apache was adopted into French, essentially meaning an outlaw.
3: So they took, yeah. it's
4: It's like a word from like uh 50 to 100 years prior to that got sort of mm-hmm. appropriated into french to simply mean outlaw
3: right outlaw okay. yes which yeah. they did do the same thing to zulus in uh england specifically if you study the history books at the time um when they decimated the zulu empire they would call um they would just nickname like you know the random english street kids or whatever who like vandalized property they would call them zulus as well so it was like mm. a used more as a derogatory term, you know, because they adopted it from um, a group of minorities or whatever they've subjugated as well. So yeah, I see, that and was, I was uh, like, yeah.
1: And I thought they were calling like Brad Pitt's a character Apache because he was just like, he was American, right? Mm-hmm, but where it's yeah. actually just like a French.
4: It, it's a French word for bandit. Yeah, basically. which I thought was interesting.
2: Because yeah. mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. I mean, like, as like a Canadian or American watching it, you would just be like associate it with, this whereas if you're watching in europe you just associate
0: associate it with yeah. something else right i just but like I how
3: the we... beginning so yeah go ahead Uchi.
0: i feel like it has that double meaning because like in europe it has that meaning right but us here in canada america we hear pat you think of the native american tribes and then they're out here scoping people nazi heads right which yeah. is a <laughs> typical thing that they're given to native american tribes that they'll run around scoping white people's heads Yeah, (laughs) That's (laughs) that show mean?
3: Yeah, it does, and I know. um, What's it called? Uh, His character specifically. Again, I think he was the most American character in the entire movie. Yeah. So they made sure to like really, um, really make him feel like he was the outlier. Like I mean, like the Jewish guys were. American as well, but you know, the other two spoke Italian. You know, the other one spoke no, a little I, bit of French, they spoke right? German. Two of them could pose as Germans, right? Could pose as Germans, me. yeah, because
0: one was which one? One was German. There were two who,
3: speak, who spoke Italian at the end, though.
0: No, none of them speak oh, Italian. Well, they, didn't,
3: they didn't speak it, though. They pretended they were Italian. Yeah, because yeah. I think they they were Brad Pitt's character was, yeah.
0: was supposed to be able to speak Italian. I was like, Christopher woods when he was asking them to pronounce the names again, it was so fucking entertaining. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, it's excuse me. Like, Can you scene, saying, say it. your name? <laughs> like, what? Yeah. See, <laughs> yes, see,
1: and that was the thing, like, with Brad Pitt's characters, I know they were trying to, like, make him very, like, American centric with like the bad and I know it was supposed to be calm. His accent was supposed to be comical But like that really strong bad southern accent very mayor mm. make it very like Colonel Sanders-esque
3: Yeah, right
1: Um I, yeah,
3: and yeah, like, you know I said it, that he it. He's like
1: the bonjour Where he has like that American accent where usually he doesn't say like bonjour no, it's bonjourno.
2: Yeah, Yeah,
4: it's, but... really, it, it's it's exaggerated for sort yeah. of like comedic effect
3: yeah Yeah. and again like i mentioned too to a european that's what because think about it this way when you're from somewhere you wouldn't like you guys hearing an american talk is completely different from i don't know if you've seen those youtube videos who don't speak english listen to people who do speak english and we just sound like we're speaking gibberish to them you know it's like horrible
1: and like, that's the thing, like, cause I, like, I find when I go to the States, like North Dakota, Minnesota, they don't sound any different to us,
3: mm-hmm.
1: but when Deep I, like, cause self. I have family in Tennessee, but in Tennessee, they sound different. They have yeah. that, they have a Southern accent. And even mm-hmm. like in Vegas, when I was in Las Vegas, I didn't think people in Vegas had that yeah. much of an accent, but like yeah. whenever we were on the strip, they looked at us and you're like, Oh, where are you from? Europe. And we're like. <laughs>
2: I have
3: I have a very good (laughs) friend uh, who's probably listening to this. Uh, He lives in Tennessee um, with my well, with my uncle. But he uh, he's a great guy. He when he found out I was doing like environment, like biology. Yeah, you kind of um, for
0: a second. Say again.
3: Oh, sorry. Yeah. So I have a friend in Tennessee, right? When you found Um, out he was, you were doing. Yeah. When he found out, when he found out I was doing environmental science, biology stuff um he was like oh cool and he's like what are you doing right now and i was like oh I have a system and he's like oh so you're learning about like medulla oblongadas? and i was like did you just say oblongata like you know and he's like yeah that's what it's called the medulla oblongata and i'm like <laughs> i'm like okay um that the pronunciation was just so hilarious to me but then to him that's how it like that word doesn't like that that's how that
0: that's just the accent is that's just how it's
3: pronounced right but to us it's kind of like why why you know and then i make fun of him too i'd be like oh i'm talking about the you know but like it's just that's just how he talks so to me it's just weird right which again if i was the one writing inglorious bastards that's what that's what a southern american would sound like to me just like pronouncing everything very see
1: and i i like i come out of it like and my other thing is, like, because they do state that he's from the Smoky Mountain, mm-hmm. which is in eastern Tennessee.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, But, like, that's like you're saying, like, he has a special pronunciation at this term. It's like here, if someone says, oh, bless your heart, that's a term of endearment here, right? Mm-hmm. You get a southern woman say, oh, bless your heart. You better fucking turn around and start running.
4: Yeah, that that's code for fuck off. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. that's shit. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, oh yeah. I didn't
1: know if, that either. other one says, "Oh, bless your heart, you better it's start fucking," very,
4: running. very passive aggressive.
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> that's, that's actually funny. funny. Yeah. Um, anyways, funny. so yeah, Brad Pitt is
4: American, yeah. which, over honestly, the top American. Yeah, over It honestly enhances the movie, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if the little bit of cartoonishness is good. because I did enjoy that, yeah. Quite are we talking
0: so about consciousness? And we're not going to talk about Hitler in this movie.
4: Hitler was great. Hitler <laughs> okay, was we thought, so we good. We
3: thought the we thought Brad Pitt was over the top. <laughs> Fucking
0: Hitler, Hitler was, was so
3: good. <laughs> in this. Are we
2: going to bring it? Can are we, we talk about...
3: The... Sorry, I was just going to say, can we talk about how... I don't know why I found this specific scene so entertaining, but he comes out of the theater to ask one of his guards for bubblegum. And I was like... <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, just imagine someone being like, the Fuhrer needs bubble gum. Like... That's
0: the Fuhrer just... needs gum. You better go find him some fucking gum. At least he's not
4: asking for meth this time. <laughs> oh, oh fuck, I was going just... say,
1: are we going to bring up the conversation of the favorite Hitlers?
0: <laughs> oh yes. Goodness. Might as well. Jeez. Who's your favorite Hitler? <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh my goodness no oh. like this this mo- like i loved hitler's movie um as a character because he was just just so lame. cartoony yeah very he cartoony so he was always so frustrated always so <laughs> always loud. so on edge yeah, yeah very loud on edge with everything um wasn't it like there was a scene where he was just yelling about how like he was losing the war and Mm -hmm. Like, throwing tantrums all over the place. I remember that song. Um,
0: Nine, 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 nine,
3: nine. That's in the trailer, folks. (laughs) See? Oh, my goodness.
1: I want to bring up two points here. So, I did enjoy... The actor who played Hitler in this movie. I do enjoy. If you're gonna make a comical war film, make your Hitler comedic. Was he my favorite Hitler of cinematography? No. My favorite Hitler of cinematography history is still the Hitler from the producers. But this is I'd say is a good second. However, we are gonna do JoJo Rabbit in a couple weeks. So I mean, like, we'll we'll revisit this would be- when we do <laughs> Jojo Rabbit. Um it, but something.
0: There's a movie about Hitler coming back to life in modern day times. I just don't remember what it's called. It's a German movie. I don't know. (laughs) Oh, really? Um, Mm.
1: But something I do want to bring up Uh historically, like this is an interesting personal interest story here. Um, So my German friend again, we were sitting in the car a couple weeks ago, and she was like, "Um, so I want to tell you, we got talking about World War II, and she's like, oh, I want to tell you something. I don't know how you'll take this. And I'm like, okay okay. And she looks at me and goes, my grandfather actually got chocolate from Hitler.
3: Oh, I thought you were going to say if he, I thought she was going to say her grandfather is a Nazi. Like... No,
1: no, no. But, like, her <laughs> grandfather was, like, I want to say, like, maybe seven, eight at the time.
3: Mm-hmm. And I
1: get, like, it was very common to take children to rallies or to see Hitler. And I guess Hitler stopped and gave her grandfather chocolate. Because chocolate was, like, the thing at the time. It was, like, getting right. a piece of chocolate was, like, getting right Mm -hmm. so i was like that's an interesting little tidbit i figured i'd throw in here (laughs) i (laughs) mean
2: it
4: it would be like having donald trump sign a maga hat right that's kind of the
3: equivalent I I, i donald trump isn't waging war against the whole world though
0: Yet, you, so. <laughs> are, have you not seen his? Yeah, but he would like that? a word. The yeah, Middle East would like
4: a word. Venezuela would like a word. Iran
3: Venezuela would like
4: a word. Okay,
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna say it this Why way. Why would his just, own people like look what he's doing I, with the Corona crisis? I just watched Enough an said.
3: episode. I watched an episode of um I don't know, of uh what's off Community earlier today, and there's the, I watched the episode where the the German students come in. And uh, they're basically taking over the entire school uh, because they're so cool and they play foosball. Um, <laughs> and there's a scene where the main character Jeff goes, "We need to end like this reign of the German students now because they're taking over the university campus." And he and you know everyone else goes, "Oh, but they're so European and they're so nice and everyone loves them." And then he's like, "This is how it starts. You give them something simple like the study lounge or." Um, or Austria. And guess what? Now they want the entire world. And I was like, that's hilarious. You so basically, don't give Austria. them the study room. <laughs> or Austria.
1: Sidebar. I got kicked out of a bar for playing foosball too loudly with a bunch of us that went to go play foosball. It was the toad in the hole in the village. They kicked us out.
2: Oh,
3: wow. wow. Wow, uh, I got kicked out of
0: a bar. What yeah. is- oh, I also have a story of I wasn't the one who got kicked out of the bar. My friend did, but she did pass out in the bar. Oh, goodness.
4: yeah, that's that's. that's,
0: that's <laughs> she she yeah. literally got on the couch and fell asleep. I'm just like, oh my gosh.
1: That yeah, that's a.
3: Oh, because then I blacked yeah, out no. outside the club. I I appreciate comedy being used to represent timelines like this because it helps heal the wounds a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. obviously it doesn't doesn't heal them completely, but it it does. It it helps soothe, you know, it's kind of like a little bomb on your wound, uh, which is kind of nice. Um, and like I said, just me growing up, especially like, you know, when I was a kid, just growing up, going to Europe all the time. Um, a- again, things were quite different there compared to here. Like here, um, you might make certain jokes about maybe like French people, for instance, people are like, oh, my God, don't say that. But in Europe, it's very common for, like, a lot of nationalities to just take jabs at each other because, at this point, everyone just mixes, right? Mm-hmm. You live yeah. next to an Italian. There's a French person across the street. There's, like, a well, Spanish saying, person like, down the road. The poke fun at people from other states, right? Yeah, exactly. So, like you know...
0: How a couple weeks I would, ago, we were making fun of, like, people from Newfoundland being newfies.
3: Yeah, exactly. So, like, you know, I would, like, I remember going to school... And one of my uh, one of my friends who was French, whenever we would play soccer or whatever, and his team would start losing and he'd be like, I don't want to play anymore. I give up. You know, and everyone else would be like, "Oh, you're so French," you know, and like, man, like... the
4: French got screwed. They fucking dominated
3: Europe for two hundred
4: years, <laughs> and then they get ganked by Germany and World yeah.
2: War II, and they go
4: up like a bitch, and they're just surrender monkeys for the rest of time. It was like, yeah, all their, all their wins were just wiped
3: out. It's is like a French, they're you like know, hundred and exactly. one. Exactly <laughs> and then you you know you have another person who's from Switzerland. And then whenever there's like, you know, some fighting going on on a basketball court or whatever, people would be like, why are you taking sides? You're not even supposed to, you know? And it's like, it's just so funny just having those things come up in like just regular day-to-day conversations. But referring to those times and just, I don't know. I just find it hilarious. It's great. Well, Um, yeah.
1: Should we do final reviews?
0: Final thoughts. It's been over an hour. Let's go. (laughs) It's been over (laughs) an hour.
3: Oh my let's do I should, our fucking I should race. also throw it I'm sorry I should also throw in one last thing before we start this no um also no. equally funny no. equally no. funny no. thing that no. I did actually at a restaurant <laughs> um Guys, with my though, friend this Nicole. is not
0: funny I'm blocking you no it was with my friend <laughs> Nicole.
3: I Server muted him let's get on the oh my god <laughs> <laughs> so my friend Nicole she's French she's probably
0: he didn't even was... notice that I
4: fucking muted him
3: I was <laughs> gonna say he's oh, just gonna even...
4: keep
3: going <laughs> I didn't even hear that my friend Nicole <laughs> so
0: uh,
3: He's why you oh my god we need to focus we need to focus i know this is a quick story let, him tell, yeah. story. Okay,
2: okay. let, <laughs> let him tell his story Done. okay the other
3: two told their stories um we're at a we're at Estella's Estella's on Pemina um she's like french canadian um but then basically she meets another uh person there's another friend she had come over who was french france right um and so basically I stole this from Mallory from Archer, but basically the friend from France uh, spills her iced tea and then she goes, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Cause some of it spills on me. And I was like, for what Dunkirk? And then like, she just bursts out with laughter. But then Nicole, who's French Canadian had no idea why we were laughing. So I just thought that was cool. Anyways, that, that was, that's, that's the story. That was not that <laughs> funny. You know what? Yes. Shut up! <laughs> because again, you're not European. You're not going to get it. So I'm sure European people are it. laughing it's at this joke. No, we get it. <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry, dude. You're just not funny. Mm-hmm. But say we get
1: it. We're just not obliging you with the laughter.
3: Well, you guys ruined it already because there's already yes. a, a manner of contempt <laughs> behind it.
4: There is. <laughs> <So>, yeah. <laughs>
3: so, so fuck off! Do this
4: podcast to talk about movies, not to listen to dumb <laughs> stories for 45 minutes. Oh my goodness. Well, tell the others that next time, too. <laughs> All right. Okay, well, I'm going to bring a goddamn list of points you need to touch on next time. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's wrap up. Okay. Right, um, that's...
3: Over here at Northern Critic, we rate and review our films um, using a coordinate system. So we use north for good writing and south for bad writing. Again, that's north for good writing, south for bad writing. And in a similar fashion, we go west for bad cinematography or like casting or stuff. The movie was just shot badly. The acting was horrible. That's going west. Um, but if it was done in a really good way, um, you know, beautiful graphics, beautiful sound editing, sound design, whatever, it goes east. Um, so, a uh, northeast would be a really good movie that has good writing and good cinematography. And a southwest would be a bad movie with bad writing and bad cinematography. And I don't know who's whoever wants to jump in can go first.
0: Okay. <laughs> that was a long pause. I, would it. Yeah. I guess I'm going first. I'm giving this movie a Northeast. This movie is fucking amazing. I love mm-hmm. this movie. Maybe a
1: northeast a... or a Northwest? A northeast. Oh my God. I just got my compass flipped. Sorry. <laughs> never mind.
0: <laughs> I feel like Pam, the social distancing is getting to you.
1: I live in the middle of fucking nowhere and I am by myself. Twenty
0: four (laughs) seven. Oh, I feel a little sad. (laughs) I have nothing to do but to
1: go to work, come home, sit on my couch, watch TV, and drink.
0: I can join you in the drinking. This is still a soap about drinking. Oh my goodness! (laughs) Can we get back
3: to rating the movie, please? No, please. (laughs) I feel like
0: I'm a bit unfair because I am a Quentin Tarantino stan, right? So, like, Mm -hmm. I will love his movies. I think there's only one Tarantino movie I didn't like. But that's just for another okay. day, right? But like, yes, mm-hmm. I love this movie. I thought it was brilliantly shot. I thought the acting was amazing. The script is great. The dialogue is so fucking great. Like that's Quentin mm. Tarantino's strongest thing. His dialogue is just amazing. Yeah. And I love the the violence at the end. It was just so cartoonish. Watching Hitler <laughs> being shot in the face multiple times and he's watching his face like <laughs> disintegrate slowly. His
3: face, <laughs> his face was destroyed. It was done.
1: You could totally tell that was a wax mannequin.
3: Yeah, <laughs> you and they were
4: shameless it. about it.
0: I love. Yeah, it. it was still I mean, pretty cool though. Because strain yeah. the his face, then they blew him up, and then the fire got him.
3: <laughs> and then they yeah him. yeah. It's
0: yeah. <laughs> so, like overkill. Killed him. It's like Great he's
3: movie. definitely dead. Yeah.
0: Northeast up there is one of the best movies out there.
3: Mm-hmm. All right, um, um, Michael.
0: Yeah, I yeah. I'll, I'll go the same as Uchi.
4: Um, though I do want to put in the caveat that everything is good except the pacing in some points in right some points the movie does slow down and it is a little jarring mm-hmm. um but the acting is very good the the script is obviously phenomenal like Quentin tarantino i just like tarantino's style which mm-hmm. is the same reason i like joss whedon because they're Functionally the same with like all the f bombs edited out, right. so there it's like a very sort of similar dialogue snappish. Um, i I'm not sure what the word. It's almost like I don't want to say superhuman, but it's in the people don't talk that way, right? Yeah, they are they are quicker on the quicker to the gun than everybody else. Mm-hmm. So that makes for like really engaging dialogue too. That's probably my favorite part about Tarantino movies. Mm-hmm. And then it's got sort of like the perfect blend of cartoonish violence that is also a guilty pleasure that I enjoyed at the end. So
3: yeah, Northeast, let's go. Um, I guess I'll go and then Pam, you know. Um, but for me, uh, from I would give it a Northeast as well. Absolutely love this movie. It's definitely in my top. Uh, I want to say top twenty. I'm gonna say top twenty because I don't know. Uh, when I put that list together eventually. But it's definitely my top twenty best movies that I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, which is which is great. Um I love tar- tar- from a writing perspective, Tarantino's style of writing for the characters is great. I love it when your care so I'm I'm two ways with movies. It's either your characters don't talk much, and we'll see that when we review the movie drama. Or your characters talk a lot, and that's what Tarantino does. And those two avenues usually, more often than not, if done properly, lead to really, really fantastic movies. So you might have a movie that's just quiet, and it's all just the actual acting that tells a story, which is just art- art- just artistically well done. And then you have t- this movie where um, Waltz goes on a monologue. And like talks in parables, and you're just like, where is he going with this? He, and then all of a sudden, Jews to rats here, all to of rats, a sudden, you know? Like, yeah. And then, and then, you know, he goes, he, go, he but he, you're you're listening attentively to this because he goes about, he doesn't, he's not saying Jews are rats as an insult. He quite loves the rats because the rats are able to uh, be, what's, what's the I forget what the word is, but essentially they're able to um, make do with nothing and like burrow in the ground and stuff like that. Whereas yeah. the hawk, because the hawk is so high, the hawk doesn't know what's going on underground, and it's oblivious to everything else. And he identifies the hawk as a dumb animal, and he's relating that to German soldiers being dumb because they only see things at the surface but not below. And I was like, that is just great symbolism right there. Amazing writing. Um, so, yeah, absolutely love this movie from both the writing and direct perspective. It was definitely well done. Love the sound editing as well. Um, a++ all around. Loved it.
1: Okay, so that leaves me.
3: First off, voice. I want to
1: say, I think all three of you have the biggest bromance on for Christopher Waltz ever. <laughs> uh,
3: yes. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. will see Django Unchained.
1: But um, I'm going to give this movie a Northeast, long as I have my compass rose correct. <laughs> yeah. um, overall, from like a solely critical review point, Good everything. Um, like a few things are like little nitpicky, like the pacing and like a few little co- minor costume designs. Like the I'm not wasn't the biggest fan of the huge chunks of dialogue. And I mean I've said this before. I'm not the biggest fan of having to read my movies.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it a north northeast. I almost said northwest northeast. <laughs> but am I gonna ever watch this movie again? probably not it doesn't even break my top 50 it's me for me it's just meh from a critic standpoint it was a very good movie though (laughs) (laughs) so
3: you're separating your critic self my critic from my personal yeah Yeah. from like
1: my personal like personally i this movie was hyped up a lot for me and i was expecting so much more from it and it was like a disappointment to me but for my critic perspective i it, it was decent it was good
3: I, I like that analogy. That's, that's pretty good. I like that so, assessment of it. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess that's, is that it for this podcast? <laughs> uh, I
1: guess, uh, We just need to plug uh, the podcast. And-
3: yeah, uh, make all the plugs. Um, you can find us on Instagram at Northern Critic UMFM. Again, that's at Northern Critic UMFM.
0: On Twitter at Northern underscore critic
3: and also we do have a website where we do post uh, a catalog of all the movies we've done and also little tidbits and links here and there uh, with respect to like what we're doing Uh, there's not a lot of new content up right now except the movies we are just because there's nothing going on outdoors right now like literally nothing Um, I mean yeah
0: we can throw out random recommendations I feel like it's been a couple of episodes since we did that
3: Oh yeah, we haven't thrown out recommendations. That's true. Yeah. Um, so we could do that. I uh, recently just because of the movies I've been watching, uh, the Netflix. It's on Netflix now. If you haven't seen it, check out Game Night. Um, I watched it. It's not a perfect movie, but it's entertaining enough. Is that uh, the one
1: with Chris Evans?
3: No, no. Oh, okay. It has um, Martin Freeman. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's yeah, it's yeah. a comedy. It's, uh, a it's, but, it's very funny. I I, I I loved it. It's like the writing is a little bit. You know, you're going to scratch your head sometimes and be like, eh, that doesn't make sense. But it's kind of like a Fast and Furious movie. It's good enough to just entertain you. It's which an is entertaining great. movie. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I would recommend for sure.
0: My recommendation would be, let's throw out High School Go on Netflix. Really great anime. If you love like Japanese arcade games from the 90s so your Street Fighter, those kind of stuff. It's a great like retro nostalgia trip.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. All Um, right.
1: I'm going to throw a recommendation out there from the stuff I've been watching um, and also plug myself. So first, my recommendation, um, if you're into bad B-level zombie movies go watch the dead don't die i fully enjoyed that that movie movie. i mean we
0: are doing that movie in a couple weeks time
1: we are i loved that movie but i also love b-level should have been showing at a drive-in theater in like the 70s kind of zombie movie um so yeah go check that out also fall give me a follow on instagram for at winter beauty that's winter beauty with an i instead of a y
3: I didn't even plug my Instagram too. Uh, You can (laughs) Instagram.
0: Yeah,
3: you can follow me at Sam Shinobi. Uh, Actually, my Instagram's popping. Um, a lot more people started following. Uh, I have a film hopefully coming out this year. But the way things are, the way things are looking. Um, well, now we've postponed shooting till August, right? So if we do start shooting in August, we might be able to get it done by like late December. Um, which is when my book came out last year anyways. So like it seems like December is just when I release stuff at this point. um yeah. but if if we don't have it in December, for sure, like early next year it'll be out. Um, I am planning to enter it into like a bunch of film like contests or festivals as well. so yeah. it's um, always kind
4: of neat to go through McNally Robinson and see that book on like
3: the self-published shelf or something mm-hmm.
4: it's yeah, a little surreal,
3: yeah, <laughs> I know right. sometimes I I'm, um but yeah so uh check out psychedelic stories as well mike brought that up too <laughs> um it's uh it's up on the mcnally robinson booksellers website um uh the link is in my bio as well on instagram which is at sam shinobi um it's been i've gotten really great reviews from it i've gotten reviews that weren't poor but you know <laughs> kind of like people kind of people saying i wish this was longer because i just liked it Um, uh, which is fair enough um but, you know, just like Ziad, which is an artist we had reviewing Parasite with us, he had the shortest album ever. Um, Wasn't his album like four the,
0: songs long? Four songs extended. long, yeah. yeah. So, so for
3: time. basically, for those of us who are independent creators, it's hard to produce content that is big because we don't have the resources to make sure it would be big and still have the quality of it being... I mean, it takes time, you know. Right? Or to yeah, have the exactly. same
1: distribution. Thing. Exactly. Like, you and like I, have, Sam. You, we've talked about this because I'm in the process of writing a book. It's mm-hmm. hard to get picked up by a big distributor. It's
3: definitely very hard.
4: I um, feel oh, you know, like at this point, you got to self-publish and use that as like proof that you can do anything at all. Mm-hmm. It also yeah.
1: depends on the type of book you write too. Because if you go right. like a very traditional type like- st- type of book, you have to go through a publisher. Whereas mm-hmm. if you do something like what Sam did, that's more of a self-publish.
3: Right. Um. With mine, it was, I don't know, they, it was like a weird partnership. So it's like technically self-publishing, but they um they helped me get like my copyright and stuff mm. like that for it. Um, so, which is why they're entitled to, I think, like a certain percentage of whatever profits the book makes. Yeah. Um. But, you know, I, I just, I think that like that, that's a good starting point, especially for a first book um and then you can only get hopefully you can only get better as time progresses um but yeah so like but it's just hard because then i'm you have to set out money aside to pump into that so you know the last time i bought clothes was almost a year ago at this point i haven't bought any new clothes in a while because i've been saving up money now the money i have i finally made enough i'm gonna spend it on a new camera and uh some floodlights and a screen and stuff like that because that's what i need for this all film the filmmaking, <laughs> exactly equipment. all the filmmaking equipment which is roughly about a thousand dollars so far and it's See, probably and... going to be much more than that and then if there's it... me
1: who's like all the money i save up it's going straight to my traveling fund
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah, i'm gonna well, sit that's just... <laughs> in a
1: french cafe and work on my book
0: <laughs> exactly so all that's the, the money thing i'm saving up is going to booze <laughs> to night <laughs> <laughs> no, kid i'm trying to get a car and then build a pc yeah, exactly. That's, you
3: know, everyone's going to start somewhere. And then, you know, I'm doing that simultaneously with also buying equipment for like the pod, but podcast isn't, that's not too bad. Because once yeah. I move into a bigger yeah. uh, living space, then we can use the basement and set you up an actual studio great. there. Do you the think microphone? we should
0: be talking about how we're going to be leaving the UFM studio space on air? Mm. Yeah, I think on that bombshell, we should <laughs> on the that note, let's wrap her up. All <laughs> <laughs> right, until next week when we jump on this server and Pam interacts with people again. Yeah, oh, I
1: know, I know. I need some, like, fucking that's why she sent 600
0: just <laughs> <bitches> last.
3: <laughs> you <laughs> know what? I don't blame, I don't blame Pam because, again, like, similar to Pam, I live alone. It's I mean, hard. i was like, You I was, need to talk to people. i my I live alone way in
1: the much. country. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You live
0: alone. You need to I talk mean. to people. You need to talk to people. I, I do. I mean, Pam, I
1: don't e- can't even. What?
0: Go download House Party.
1: Okay, you'll have to explain this to me off podcast.
0: Okay, do yeah, chat, I'll tell you what House Party is. But yes, <laughs> okay. let's start wrapping up with this goal cool or separate yes. ways. Um, thank
3: you for listening. Uh, to this episode, this actually seems like a f- this this is a f- this was a fun episode. Um, See, we can do good we, movies and have fun. We don't always have to yeah. share movies, yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> um, we will be reviewing Django and Chain. Okay, Sam was breaking up, so we're reviewing Django and Chain next week. Oh my god! <laughs> yes, I believe that's what I said. <laughs> no, you are breaking up. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, I'm yeah, sorry. I can yeah.
3: hear what you're saying. Why does this keep happening? This is so weird. Anyway, we'll figure, oh, we'll figure it out. We'll yeah.
0: figure it out. Till next time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, remember.
1: Wash your hands. Things Don't touch your jingle.
0: ball <laughs> Bye. Bye. Don't lick doorknobs.
2: <laughs>